0: Welcome to a new season of Farm to Table Podcast KE, Season 5. I would like to start this episode by saying a massive thank you to everyone that's a part of this podcast, as an audience, or even as a guest, or just as a supporter of the podcast. To start this season off, we have our first guest, who is Jacqueline Odundo. Jacqueline is a food and agriculture lawyer who works for the Warehouse Receipt System Council in Kenya and also works in the drafting of bills related to food and agriculture within Kenya. On our episode, we have conversations about what goes into food policy and all the laws that regulate agriculture in Kenya. In this first part of our conversation, we also discuss a bit about food safety and the importance of the warehouse receipt system in Kenya and how it stands to benefit smallholder farmers. Welcome. Welcome, Jacqueline. Please introduce yourself to the audience.
1: Well, um, thank you, Umboy. Um, Hello, everyone. As Womboye said, I'm Jacqueline Odundo i am a food and agriculture lawyer um, of for about i think i've done this for about eight years this should be my ninth year mm-hmm. in this sector especially agri um with a love and an extreme i think I call it a love or a passion for um food systems food safety and mm-hmm. uh, uh, ensuring that you know our producers and our growers get value for money of what they're doing, and that we on the other uh, we on the other hand as consumers, you know, get quality food for what we're uh, paying for, or buy um, um, as well as you know, and that includes our processors who also have need to get quality and consistent. Uh, raw material to produce quality food for us so that in a nutshell is what I do and why I do what I do I don't know if that quite answers me boy boy
0: yeah yeah, that's great and uh, I like that you said so that the producers also get value because that's where I find a bit of a disconnect working in this industry is that um, the producers who are the farmers, and especially in Africa and Kenya, are small-scale farmers, and they are the poorest of the population. So it's good to find solutions that allow them to also find value and live, you know, quality lives. Right. Yeah. So please tell us a bit about the work you do. You you have touched a bit on it, but maybe give us a bit more detail. Um. So.
1: My work arranges, it's it's, um, it's quite huge, mm. but um, let's say I do it in two ways. I have my 9 to 5 and I have my 5 to 9, uh, <laughs> I'll put it that way. Right. <laughs> they call it sometimes, but yeah. that's how I can explain it. So for my 9 to 5, I, I work at the Warehouse Research System Council. Um, which is a fairly new concept in Kenya, but Mm -hmm. not quite new around the world, where uh, we regulate the space of the warehouse operator who issues a warehouse receipt to a depositor. So you deposit your commodity. This could be your maize, this could be your potatoes, this could be Mm -hmm. your coffee. Um, You're issued with a warehouse receipt. Um, This receipt um, provides for your quantity, your quality, uh, your name, uh, uh, the amongst others, the year, the harvest year, the harvest season,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, details of the warehouse operator and where it's located, is located plus the license and from there you're able to use your warehouse receipt to seek financing
0: mm-hmm.
1: or to wait as you also wait for better prices so essentially during harvest when there's a lot of supply there's what you you call oversupply and little demand Mm. the price is quite low so um but most times because of the perishability of the commodities Mm. farmers are forced to sell um at that time because you know the longer they wait they don't have anywhere to put or even where they have maybe their stores at home they don't have quality storage facilities so um, they end up uh, losing um, out of you know uh, normal substances Uh, so instead of doing that this warehouse operator has quality storage facilities so you deposit that like depositing your money in a bank you have your warehouse receipt which is a legal uh, document of title Mm -hmm. then now you can you know wait as you negotiate and you find a buyer that can buy at the price that you require so you also know your market so Mm -hmm. that when the season when the time when the prices go up when there's uh, not a lot of supply there's Mm -hmm. uh, and higher demand you have better price so you can negotiate that way Mm -hmm. Um, get the price that you want Um, negotiate this receipt so it's the receipt is negotiable and transferable Mm -hmm. transfer it to the new owner and if you go and pay your storage charges if you sort financing the financial institutions will be able to give you a percentage of the value of Mm -hmm. the commodity so you can be able to take care of uh, the immediate needs so to speak that includes even buying inputs and to prepare for the next Planting season, right. pay for you know your, your kids fees, um, and the, the the reason why I love it the most mm-hmm. is it enables financial inclusivity. And why do I say this is because you no longer need your traditional collateral, which is your land, your title deed, which most women mm-hmm. and youth do not have. Right. Um, so this acts as your alternative. We call it the alternative collateral. Mm-hmm. Um, um so enables move to access financing unlike before so that's um what i do in my nine to five mm-hmm. um my five to nine and also my previous life uh mm-hmm. previous job before this was um advising on drafting of regulations, uh-huh. uh, which I have, draft, uh, you know, drafted. I have advised on and I advise on uh, transactions, uh, cross-border transactions that include export or importing of uh, food commodities into, into and out of the country,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, uh, on food safety issues as well, just looking at what we have. Uh, right. I think, at that time, I was advising on, on the status of the food safety, legal and regulatory framework in the country and uh, preparing a draft bill or a model, on, especially for the counties, right. on horticulture, dairy and aquaculture value chains.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, the other is to um, also do policies and also um, pre- uh, draft contracts for off-takers,
0: uh-huh.
1: Um with the uh, uh, farmers and also with processors
0: right yeah that's that's incredible um so you're with your nine to five that I've, I've, i haven't heard about that but i can see how valuable that would be because especially because as you said food crops are quite perishable i think probably Mm -hmm. among the most perishable you know out output and you know it's it's great to offer a solution where you know the farmers can be able to wait so the warehouses Mm -hmm. are refrigerated right
1: so we have two sets there's dry What you call the dry, and then what? Uh, then we have the cold chain. So the dry would be for your grains
0: uh-huh.
1: and pulses, uh-huh. um, and then the cold chain will be for your horticultural crops, Potatoes, potatoes, right. um, your onions,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, carrots, yeah, the vegetables and fruits.
0: That's that's great. Um, and. Wh- and tomatoes. Quite an innovative idea that. And um, how easily accessible is it? Uh, Where are the the warehouses located? Convenient places or just in the cities?
1: Um, So now, uh, because we we have we had to work with what is already existing, Mm -hmm. uh, most of the ones uh, that we have uh, licensed. We mm-hmm. have in about five counties, and they are in the towns. Okay. Um. So we don't have one. Uh, the ones that we have yet to license, the ones that are close enough mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to the farmers. Yeah. Though we have, we also have a problem in the country that we do not have sufficient quality mm-hmm. storage facilities.
0: Right. Or, food. or the you know the necessary. Power, you know, power requirements in a lot of yes, in that rural the areas, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, that
1: meet the standards. So we are also trying to ramp uh, uh, ramp up investments
0: uh-huh. in this
1: um, in this sector, uh-huh. um, so that we have uh, structures that actually meet the set standards for hunting these commodities, uh-huh. and that can be as as close as it also makes as financially it it makes economic sense for the warehouse operator to put there because you remember the warehouse system depends on on volumes
0: Uh, so you have if
1: you have high volumes then you need low margins Uh which means you don't pass on your storage costs they're not higher so you don't pass it on to the producer Mm. um so it's a volume scheme uh so if you don't have volumes or what mm-hmm. you like to call demand stimulation, okay. then you will not have the warehouse, uh, warehouse's uh, infrastructure. And also that affects the financing. Actually, speaking to financial institutions mm-hmm. uh, about a week ago, they're like, you need demand stimulation. Otherwise, yes. they will not have a product ready.
0: Yes, um, but I find in situations like that, it's always easier when farmers aggregate because as you as yes. we said, uh, farmers, most of them are small scale and as an individual small scale farmer, I probably don't have the volumes or the capital to do that. But if we're in a group or a circle, then we can easily be able to afford that. Right. Yeah
1: so because of that we are also working um we are really trying to sensitize and train cooperatives
0: mm-hmm.
1: um to be able to um aggregate mm-hmm. and to find uh you know to, to to give them the benefits of doing this um, yeah. together so it's it's a, it's a work in progress keeping in mind that our farmers are also very, very conservative, especially the small mm. scale farmers. Yes. So it's a constant. They also want to hear others who've done it. But we've had others who've done it
0: mm. um, even
1: prior to this. Um, There was a pilot in there. Those who were quite successful and they're like, okay,
0: mm-hmm. we've
1: done it so you guys can do it too. Yes.
0: Um,
1: but also quite a number of cooperatives, if we're being honest, are also dealing with um governance issues. Mm. So, yes. um, and lack of trust with their members because of that, mm. yeah. so it's a bit difficult because you know when they aggregate
0: mm-hmm. and they
1: deposit this commodity, it is under the name of the cooperative society. Yes, we have to be trusted if they're seeking finances to be able to distribute. So it works in the coffee value chain and the mm. tea and the milk so as well. Milk as well. So if we can replicate it to the uh, uh, the food crops,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then it will it will make a world of a difference.
0: Yes, I get I get exactly what you mean because um I work I'm doing some work with an organization that is seeking to also build financial inclusion by mm-hmm. creating a farmer wallet, basically. Oh. So mm-hmm. in cooperation with the cooperatives, we create like mm-hmm. a wallet and farmers can be able to transact through the platform. And because the platform is able to track your income, that comes in maybe on a monthly basis then we can be able to speak to financial institutions to be able to lend you money which is also something yes. that's lacking yeah but um the uptake and the rollouts and all the issues that you mentioned the lack of trust we, we experiencing them <laughs> <laughs> yes are you doing
1: is that an act
0: uh, yeah, it's it's an app, it's a phone app and it's also just an online platform. Although for the online platform we go through the cooperatives. Right. Yeah, but for the farmers it's an app with less with less um features for the cooperatives. We we want to target more the cooperatives to be able to handle more of the more of the other stuff. Like uh, the financials, yeah. the insurance, the you know, um insurance product for you know your livestock or your your crop yes yeah
1: though i think in kenya the uptake for insurance for livestock mm-hmm. or crop insurance has been quite low
0: yeah, it's, yeah. it's low but um so this the model we use is we ask the farmers to pay a small fee and the small yeah. fee it's, it's like sort of like life insurance or you know another insurance product so they pay a small fee maybe monthly weekly and then this money goes towards insuring their as a premium to insuring their lifestyle uh-huh. yeah okay yeah sounds quite good and interesting it is uh, but um yeah we it's a work in progress as well <laughs> yes mm. so you said that you stumbled upon the food sector, so I won't ask you what drew you to it. I'll change that to how what kept you in the food sector. Um, what kept me
1: is just the small um, uh, the conversations mm-hmm. that I've had. I'm privileged enough to be to to have had to continue having interactions with farmers. So um, in my uh, interactions, like even when doing the regulations, just hearing Mm -hmm. and and when going to do the public participation, talking to the farmers themselves Mm -hmm. um, and hearing that, you know, they were the ones demanding this, people are not aware, Mm -hmm. like for instance, when we did um, the potato regulations,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that was the farmers that demanded for that set of regulations. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the ones suffering at the mercy of the brokers, oh. um, because of the weight
0: mm-hmm. of the the packaging yes,
1: and the, the price. So can you imagine getting paid um, 300 to 900 pop for a 120 kilo bag of potatoes
0: mm.
1: and not factoring your cost of production and nobody cares and they want you to fill it yeah money are not you
0: Uh which is
1: your brokers or your traders and the processor you know anyone else from there on who are making more money than you have
0: yeah because
1: the processors, once it's a finished you know they've they've done their value addition of course Mm. they're going to get more money for it Mm -hmm. so they said no we want to be able to get value for what we're producing at the very least and can we have smaller packaging and people um and so that the value chain knows this is how much this is how how much you're supposed to buy from us in this kind of package 50 kilos is what we mm. want also our our young men are hurting you know we are, have uh, developing health complications
0: mm. because
1: of this um so there we were developed the facet and went around I, I remember thinking are we doing rallies here because they would turn up. I remember like in Meru mm. they came up to the stadium to complete with placards. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and I was like, okay, I think we're doing something here. Yeah. So over time, and even with the other work that I'm doing now, just as you're going to sensitize hearing the, the, you know, all stakeholders, the the, the farmers as well, including mm. the farmers, I think I, I have a, a quite a passion for them, is just hearing what they're doing. And because mm. without them, there cannot be, as I keep on saying that, without the farmers, then we will not be alive yes there will be no food and mm-hmm. a human being requires food
0: mm-hmm. to do
1: what you do so i'm like why can't we translate that to something because they are constantly crying mm. um is, is you know what is the disconnect between you know what they're doing and the important work that they're doing Uh and the money that they're getting why are they poor why can't they access financing Uh
0: um
1: you know we make them jump through so many hoops yes um you know all the while enjoying on this other end so just you know talking to them and then you know what they're saying this Uh is helping uh you know this is making a a difference
0: Uh then
1: that for me um uh, keeps me going um, yeah. on the other end um, has been my issue with food, food safety so, mm. so um, over time we realized that we do not have I mean there's also a quite a bit of a disconnect there because of the of, of the rules of the different bodies mm. and so uh, maybe a little bit controversial so I might not touch on it too much but <laughs> but um uh, i always say and i've been saying in the last couple of years Mm. there is a connection between the food that we eat and this and how we're getting
0: sick yeah yeah that's um so you said about the food safety bill and i happened to sit in on one of the meetings for the draft mm-hmm. bill of food safety that was around 2021 and right. so uh, i used to work for one of the government fire at the time and right. yeah so that's when i realized actually we we regulate so much the food that goes mm-hmm. out there but when it comes yes. to the food that we ourselves are consuming that there, there's no regulation none at all right yeah so i think the only body that maybe regulates food safety is for kenyan food is probably cabs <laughs> and that I, I don't know that they are doing so well with that but i keep telling people
1: cabs um, is a standard huh. and and
0: uh
1: Especially, you see, they're not the experts in this. They are the national, what you call the national inquiry point. Yeah. As part of the site of um, sanitary, um, vital, uh, sanitary um, conventions.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they're the, they're the point of entry, they're the point of which, you know, they're the ones that report yeah. um, to the main body. But the implement of mm-hmm. these standards are the different regulatory bodies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, and, uh, you know, like, you know, the one for the, if you're exporting, there are those, then CAFIS will, of course, yeah. issue with SBA certificates.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but if we could replicate and do mm-hmm. the same thing and demand the same, because the standards are the same, demand yeah. are the same here. Yes. For food for our consumption, mm-hmm. then the one for export will not have a problem because even then they, they track back. And Thank they trace you. that. they're yes. here. But you'll also find the unfortunate part, even our farm is So we'll find one that grows one for export, uh-huh. one grows the other one for then on another side of his his or her farm grows the one for uh in, um local consumption and then mm-hmm. their own consumption. And yes. my goodness. <laughs> uh, uh, let's just say I keep
0: sometimes I say if I told people what I've seen you would eat. Yeah, I agree. But, but what do you think actually being in the in the in the field who do you think is best place is it the public health sector because they are able to to check you know to some extent the the quality of meat for example that we consume do you think that they should also take on the plant side what, how do you see that working
1: no public health can't check on the plants on mm-hmm. the production side they come in when it is already it is going uh, to your table uh, so from market to table, that is where public health it comes in. Uh-huh. But agriculture comes in from production. Because remember, food safety starts yeah. with production.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: What you put in to the soil, what you uh, put into the food, really, really, really matters.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So if what you put into the soil is garbage, uh, then it doesn't matter what public health will come into. The the, the commodity okay. will have will have grown with the point Ill.
0: contaminated yeah
1: contaminated yeah
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yes so both bodies are very important so the okay thing would be coordination and working together
0: Mm. and i think as well the county governments they really need to play a bigger role because even like um since the devolution of agriculture the (laughs) um extension officers that go around advising farmers are under the county and so i think i think the extension officers would also be in a good place to check because they do visit majority of the farms right yeah so yeah it's it's quite complicated that (laughs) um i think it's just an issue of
1: coordinating um Mm. both um and the county and then with the national government and the mechanisms are well set uh-huh.
0: um
1: and i know like now there's supposed to be a um under the food safety policy
0: uh-huh.
1: supposed to be a, a coordinator uh-huh. so instead of having another regulator it's, right. you know to like this like they do in Europe and um and in the U.S. Uh-huh. and Australia amongst others where they have Food safety authorities. Uh-huh. So instead of having yet another regulator here, you know, there'll mm-hmm. be the uh, national core. Call. They're calling them more the food uh, national food control coordinator. Mm-hmm. With counties also having their own coordination committees, then that report up here, okay. and that will be done by both agri and health. But um, with uh, main con- main. Um, the main control function is being done by the ministry of agriculture uh-huh. so i think once that is implemented it will uh-huh. go a long way and you know counties also being able to take it seriously but i also say the other parties on the consumers yes. where this where um the consumers are demanding uh-huh. and highly aware of um and demanding of the food that they eat that they want quality
0: uh-huh.
1: then the it behoves that this the whole sector all the way to the bottom adheres yes. to what the, the the consumer is demanding. Yeah. So like now when you're doing exports, you will hear, hey, but
0: this market, the consumers
1: are not a job that they will refuse
0: uh-huh.
1: these things to come into the country. In Europe, they will refuse, they're demanding this. In Australia, they will say this. In the US,
0: yeah. so why
1: not us here? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um That concludes part one of our conversation. Tune in next week to catch part two of our conversation where we speak more on food safety as well as on agricultural policy. And as usual, if you would like to be a future guest of the podcast or if you would like a more personalized conversation, feel free to reach out to me at farmtotablepod at gmail.com or on social media at Farm to Table Podcast KE on Instagram or Farm to Table Podcast on Twitter till next time